welcome to Duck Feed Live, episode number three, Basic Witch. This is the audio version of a live video broadcast we did on July the 31st, 2014, as a reward for our $5 and up Patreon backers. We were originally supposed to be joined by Dennis Furia from The Level, but uh, he went and had a kid. So, obviously, he was uh, occupied with that. Something I will warn you about is I sound a little bit like I'm broadcasting from underwater in this. I'm not sure why that's the case. Google Hangouts is really weird, so I apologize that this doesn't rise up to the level of audio quality you have come to expect from the network. We're trying to get that figured out. If you would like to watch these live and submit questions, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and uh, watch for those little notifications. Uh, we put up the link about a week in advance, and uh, usually these are a really good time. So yeah, let's jump right into a very strange episode of Duckfeed Live. There we go. I think we're on the air. Hey, we're live. Hi, everybody. Now we're live. Okay, cool. Is this chopped and screwed, or is that an actual? Is that a studio recording? That is a studio recording of lightning crashes. <laughs> um, some would say the best song about um, infant mortality. <laughs> or uh, matron mortality. Mother is mortality. Mom who dies. Oh yeah. yeah, the old mother dies. Mm. I wouldn't. So so I'm not as much of a live aficionado. As you are, I would contend that. No the shit. <laughs> the, I mean, I'll call. I will concede. I will concede okay. Uh, um, no, no. I would consider the best. The you know the, the best song about infant mortality to be uh, unassailably uh, "Tears in Heaven." Hmm. That's the grossest song about infant mortality. Didn't he straight up come out and say like he's kind of over it? Uh, over his son's death. Yes, over, the song. over his unsons, un, over his son's untimely death. Via it's a, it almost sounds like you called him an unson. Yeah, like he's become an unson. <laughs> you start out having a son, and then there are too many tears in heaven, and you get an unson. He disowned him after that song fell off the chart. Yeah, I have no son. No, <laughs> I know. Like everybody knows. Like yeah. everybody in the world knows that you don't. We have never one single about it, asshole. We know you have no son. Um, <laughs> Shirk, Look, Clapton. Ugh. Um, yeah. So there's two. There's songs about babies dying, and then the songs about mothers dying. Okay. And they're both very important categories. Hmm. Sorry, I was drinking a beer there. We're gonna have less room for that since just the two of us this time. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody who's uh, watching or listening to this later, um, can we say why we're it's just the two of us? Yes. Yes. We <laughs> have been given his blessing to say so. Okay. We were going to be joined by Dennis Furia, Furious Furia, and uh, unfortunately, um, <laughs> not unfortunate at all, uh, he had his babby early, Yeah. Um, which is great. Everyone's doing good? Yes, even still. Uh, so I'm going to be going to visit them this weekend, depending on uh, when they are uh, cleared for visitors. Yeah. Yeah. Good news. Go Dennis. It is a bouncing baby boy. Yeah. Tiny, yeah. tiny little Furia. Yeah, that's great. So that, is, that, that, that is good. We are all incredi- incredibly happy for him. But mm-hmm. it leaves us <laughs> just, 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 fly, just flying, uh, not solo, what's the opposite of solo, flying duo. There we solo go. bolo. Solo bolo. There we that's are. That's what these are called. Yeah, there we go. Well, I got a viewer. Hey, what up? Hey, guys. What up? Yeah. yeah. 
Cool. So I'm going to try my best to watch the comments here as well. Um, this is the July episode of Duck Feed Live. Thank mm-hmm. you, everybody, um, for backing us on Patreon. We're here to celebrate. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I totally forgot. If, if you forgot it was Thursday, I forgot too. <laughs> um, so don't feel too bad. Um, yeah. but you can definitely catch up mm-hmm. at a later time. Yeah, and I'll, I'll do better. So last month I kind of goofed it by not putting it up um, on time. <laughs> so yeah. uh, because I literally did the did the show and then hopped on vacation, actually. Mm-hmm. So uh, I apologize for that. <laughs> no, it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, we're here to, you know, read questions and answer questions and such. Sorry, I've got, like, 15 billion uh, buzzers going off. Uh, if you're wondering what the thing Cole's going to be fidgeting with all episode is this month, uh, it is an adjustable ratcheting screwdriver. Hmm. Yeah. Looks like a cool e-cig. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Bluetooth wizard. Yeah. Good look yeah. at you. You vape apes. <laughs> vapes. You're one of those vape apes. Vapeapes.com. Uh, I'm just picturing that like a holographic um, bumper sticker. No, oh, for vape apes? Yeah, designed yeah, to really be. just catch the light. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. vaping's not a crime. <laughs> the, the, the trick about the thing, the secret thing about vaping is, I, like, I, I do officially think it's kind of dorky. Um, Nick does it, and I, you know, I adore Nick. But I, we did Game Retreat the other weekend, and uh, I split a room with him. And uh, he just kind of vaped the all night long. And it makes it smell like really good incense. Mm-hmm. Like, it just smells like you're walking into a delicious dessert every time <laughs> you go to bed. I'm sleeping in a flan. <laughs> like a nice set of flan seat sheets. Oh, man, I got a flan plan. Yeah, yeah. that was the flan plan for the night. So, so, so does, does he roll around with a fine leather case that has different different cartridges, depending on the flavor mood, or does he does he have a particular a particular uh, center of flavor that he prefers? I know he's tried uh, distilling his own, um, okay. kind of making his own through that, but I think he just kind of orders them, and he's definitely uh, trends towards the dessert. Mm. They were, I think most of them do. I think it's like either mint or sweet. Yeah. Um, there aren't like BBQ. Like, <laughs> Savory. Yeah, well, that's what like cigars taste like, more or less. Like some yeah. cigars taste like barbecue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I I think that might be actually just barbecue. Some barbecue just tasting like uh, cigars. That's These, probably true. The, the, li- the liquid smoke on your uh, galaxy waffles. Sorry, I have to yeah. get a next card for possible titles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I apologize for using a back scratcher like a hillbilly. <laughs> you should get one of those. Uh, uh, so the Balloon Boy Dad uh, markets a product that is like a uh, it's like a tree trunk, like a plastic tree trunk that you affix to a corner. Hmm. So you get like the bare necessities, you know. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Precisely. <laughs> There's an infomercial for it out there, although I think he is uh, banned from making money until they pay back all those uh, all those rescuers. That was five years ago, Gary. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, Blue little... boy. It's it's not like it's. I don't think it's entered the quite entered the public parlance like Bubble Boy or other boys of our time. Like Balloon Boy is definitely a thing, but I think that he's more or less getting off, getting away with it. Yeah, and I I actually would like that if that entered the lexicon because that was a particular flavor, at least an early salvo in like the attention seeking. Um, you know, I'm going to do this crazy thing to try and get on a show. Yeah. Or like like or like the Kickstarter potato salad guy almost. I mean it's not not really, but just like doing doing I guess that's totally different. But doing something just attention seeky for internet fame. Yeah. Hmm. Did he fund his thing? Was that I don't know how that turned out. I mean, he made his money like a thousand times over, but I don't know how it ended. 
Yeah. Mm. Doing a little bit of doing a little, do a little bit of research there. Okay. Yeah. The only time I tried um, an e-cig, it was like way back at the beginning of the trend, and I think it was just like vanilla or something like that. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was, Basic e-cig. Yeah, I was unimpressed with my man-sized rip in my lip. There's uh, a there's still 36 hours left on the potato salad, and it's at fifty three thousand dollars. Uh, yep. Go fuck yourself, Zach Danger Brown. <laughs> Danger. Yeah. Yeah. Irritating. Hmm. Yeah. Do we uh, do we want to jump to a question? Yeah, like we can start answering some questions if people are watching and have more questions. We're a little light this month, so. Yeah. Ask them. Yeah, keep them going. We're gonna be. We're gonna be here. Oh, it needs to download the app. Why Why is this called an app? Uh, Google Hangouts. Sure of Google Hangouts. Mm. I don't, know. I don't understand anything about how Google Hangouts works. Neither, neither do I. Um, yeah. So let's see here. Top of the list here, Brandon Douglas. Hi, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Um, yeah, I I expect to see you at PRGE. Yeah, man. Sorry. Yeah. Um, he writes in and says, favorite game that involves food. Hmm. Food. Mm. I'll open up here and okay. say Deadly Premonition. No, oh. yeah, that is very much about food. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It is about being a garbage eating trash monster. Uh, probably even more so than uh, Bash. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. I will. I'm going to say uh, River City Ransom. Hmm. Yeah. That'll that'll be my answer for that. Yeah. Um, so it, I mean, a lot of games involve food. But this is true. Uh, what is it? A Castlevania wall meat? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good that's a pretty compelling alternative actually. That's a good, yeah, but saying I mean like food is more inherently important and well it's not like mechanically more important in Deadly Premonition. He just talks about it a lot. And there's yeah. just lots of types of it. It doesn't matter what you eat in that <laughs> game. But you can subsist entirely on lollipops. Yeah, just like lollipops all the time and you're fine. Yeah. Um yeah. Like what like if you think about games with a hunger meter, um, Fallout New Vegas with uh, with hardcore with survival mode. mode. Yeah, yeah. yeah survival. That is uh, that is a pr- that quickly becomes a, uh, a a packaged foods eating simulator. Yeah, or just about any um, old school roguelike has cool yeah, food yeah. mechanics usually. Like if you play um, Sharon the Wanderer, you become a hungry boy from time to time. Yeah. Then in uh, NetHack, what you have to worry about the food being cursed or poisoned or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Basilisk meat turning you to stone. Yeah, um, I, I've been dipping into uh, because of the Steam Summer Sale and the accompanying Steam Summer Sale uh, thread on SA, a game called uh, Long Live the Queen. Okay. Um, and it's pretty embarrassing to play. Like I would never play it out in the open because it very much is like an ant. Like you're raising an anime princess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. um, that's a, that's an old school genre game, like Princess Simulator. There, there's actually just isn't that like a game? There's just Princess Maker. Yeah, yeah, there is actually. Yeah. Yeah. But um like one of your primary like skill sets you can get is like medicine and a subset of that is poison and I've just been pumping a bunch of points into that assuming that somebody's <laughs> going to try and poison my food. Yeah. Or you <laughs> want to poison someone else's food. Oh, intrigue. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Cincinnati switch up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um yeah, I always, I always, I love poison. I always like to the idea of poison, but it never works in games the way I want it to. Like, I feel like the my best uh, opportunities of being a poisonist are in Elder Scrolls games, 
Yeah. Like doing a poison archer works really well. Mm-hmm. Was, but I always try to do it in like D and D, and poison kind of sucks in D and D. Yeah. Um, poison actually is really good. In, I mean, we we talk about Dark Souls a lot. Like poison is a very effective yeah. strategy in a lot of ways. So that's pretty good too. Yeah. Cool. Even though, even with like super high poison, like in in Whipfest, I've got the poison whip now, which has like the highest poison adjust, and I infuse it with poison and have it upgraded, and I'm wearing the rat ring that gives you more poison, and it still takes a few whip slashes to poison somebody, even just a you know a basic undead. So yeah. nobody gets poisoned quick. <laughs> and I I was using a twin blade for a little while that was poisonous, because you get so many attacks in a row, and mm-hmm. uh, and that also doesn't poison things quick enough. And I was doing like 30 damage. I had to abandon that in the DLC. <laughs> it's not going to cut it. Yeah. Are you are you including the puzzle sword in uh, in Whipfest? I'm going to go grab it and, yeah. and try it and see if I like it more. I consider that to be a whip hybrid. If I'm using fire whip, the pyromancy, I can use the puzzle sword. Hmm. Okay. Uh, but the uh, I just need to have the courage to bring bring Bryson Tyson into the DLC because the DLC is so hard mm-hmm. and uh, the whips don't do very much damage. So. Yeah, this is true. Um, no distance attacks. Yeah, that is a really unfortunate thing because my PC, my Steam, my Steam Dark Souls character is a hexer, mm. and I'm just doing no damage at all to anything. Yeah, um, I brought the boss. Yeah, yeah. The the first time I went through the DLC, I went through New Game Plus with my my hexer, and she's pretty tough. So like, she made it, but I, you know, had to rest at every bonfire just to get spells back. Yeah. Or I wasn't going to make it. Like, everything took a lot of hits. And then I went through with a strength character, which is, like, the one I'm using for the DLCs. I decided to make a character that would, you know, be easy at everything. And mm-hmm. uh, he had no problem. Like, strength is still ridiculously overpowered, even with the calibrations. Yeah. Uh, a genre game that, like, food used to be really important was uh, um, MMOs. Did you, like, oh, yeah. you, you never dipped into MMOs, but, like, I remember back in um, EverQuest... Um, Actually, like being in a guild where people really spend a lot of time sweating the food because of uh, because of stat buffs. Hmm. Yeah. You ever play? Uh, or I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no! I just like that would be a huge part of like raid um, preparation is like, you know, the the guild leader who was a bard running around singing songs and handing out canapes. Yeah. <laughs> you ever play um, Star Ocean? No. Star Ocean has a pretty robust recipe and food system. Mm-hmm. Um, for you know, essentially the kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like you, uh, you learn to make food, and it gives you stat buffs. Nice. Um, yeah. And the Sims. Sims has a strong food element. True. True. I always, uh, 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 whenever they give me an opportunity to make, uh, like to declare a favorite food, it's always waffles. Yeah. Waffles all the time. I like that you could do grill in uh, the first one that um, included ambitions. You so, get that disease that turned you into a grilled cheese maniac. Like that was very funny to me. A grilled golem. Yeah, go <laughs> yeah. You you just uh, all of your aspirations start having you with grilled cheeses. Like, give this person a grilled cheese. Write yeah. a novel about grilled cheeses. Paint a picture about grilled cheeses. And uh, <laughs> you also keep making um, uh, what is it? Sloppy carbonara is yeah. one of the things that you make all the time. That's a signature Sims dish. That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Lobster thermidor. Yeah. Yeah. I love The Sims so much. Yeah, me too. I, I'm like probably nearing like it's a real depression game for me. Like. Oh, I want to design a living space in life that you know I have complete control over. Yeah. But I'm almost like I'm not super depressed, but I'm almost ready for you know to dig it back out. Yeah. Um, well, Sims Four is coming out in like two months, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, incremental improvements over Sims Three. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Sims Two went free, I think. You can get Sims Two for free now. Yeah, because they stopped supporting it. Yeah. 
through yeah. uh, through EA, which is pretty cool because Sims Two is is fine. Yeah, Sims Two is great. I like um like they also made all the expansions free as well. Yeah. Something yeah. crazy like that. And uh, oh my gosh, the uh, the Sims Two expansion is like open for business, where you can actually like just basically start your own shop at your house. Yeah. One of my favorite. Um, it's, it's like making lemonade stands. Yeah. You know, combined yeah. with your combined with your Sims. Yeah, super cool. Like, um, yeah, I should. That's what I should do instead of installing Sims Three. Mm-hmm. I should go install Sims Two on my this recent Sims something. Because Sims Three is cool, but I don't uh, like none of the you know incremental improvements add up to too much in those games. Like the expansions make a bigger difference than the sequels. Yeah, true that. Um, I liked uh, in Sims Three the move to like just a smoother full 3D. Yeah, yeah, it looks cooler, and you can go to the town more and do more things in the town, which is cool. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's still, like, the the basic, like, I guess, like, the thing that doesn't really improve is the house building stuff, like, always ends up being more or less the same for me. And uh, I even remember Sims 2 having, it might be because I had some kind of collector's edition that had more things unlocked, but having more options. Yeah. Right? I remember thinking, like, oh, there's only, like, eight floors I can choose from when I first booted up Sims 3. Yeah, he's trying to get money out of me. Yeah. No, that's been a problem, too. Like, you jump to the base game after having, like, okay, my Sims can be wizards and shit, and now they have yeah. politicians or criminals. Yeah, it's like the beginning of uh, Metroid. Oh, yeah. sorry. Or, no, it's okay. Like, yeah, you lose all your powers and, and go back to being basic. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Are you familiar with this concept of the basic bitch, Cole? <laughs> what? <laughs> It's 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 a it's a hip hop thing, and I keep wanting to say I don't like saying the word bitch, right. but I got kind of fascinated with this this phrase um, over the weekend and was reading about it, and now it's like my favorite thing to say, and I'm trying not to because I don't want to be the kind of person who says bitch that often, even if it is referring to a very specific thing. Um, but like Urban Dictionary has an amazing definition of like what turns you into a basic bitch or like what makes you a basic bitch, and they're no good. Like, you, you want to be a bad bitch or a mad bitch. You don't want to be a basic bitch. And there's a pretty funny uh, college humor video, too, about with uh, Patrick Warburton in it. It's popular, popularized by Lil Duval and probably my favorite favorite rap name I've ever seen, Spoken Reasons. Oh, that's a, that's a great rap name. Yeah. Previously, my favorite rap name was Professor Murder. <laughs> but the, uh, like, um, but yeah, a, it's a thing. The, the Urban Dictionary about that definition for this is a bum-ass woman who thinks she she the shit, but really ain't. It, it's that, and then also, like, you know, of course, white people are co-opting it and uh, just making it just mean, you know, plain and boring and stuff. Like, wow. there's a good bit in the um, that Patrick Warburton video, because he's, he's a doctor breaking it to this woman that she's uh, she's contracted basic bitchness. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, you went on Instagram and took a picture from Vegas and used the hashtag, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But here's the thing. We know what happened in Vegas. You got drunk and danced with your friends. <laughs> it's pretty good. And like, you know, using the cash hashtag uh, caffeine at Starbucks and stuff like that. That's basic bitch stuff to do. Or just basic if you don't want to say bitch. Yeah, yeah, just a just a basic fool. Yeah, you just don't want yeah, you don't want to be basic. You want to be bad or mad. Yeah, just to be just to be as as, as bland as possible, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I've not been. I'm not familiar with that, although I do like it. Uh, it's it's amusing to me. So I'm I'm going in and watching The Wire, right? Oh yeah. Because it's uh because it's on uh, Amazon Instant or whatever now, which has probably been the single biggest improvement to my life in the past month, which is upsetting. Um, <laughs> and uh, noticing how much of that vernacular is just stuff, shit shit that I say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you you get it from from that. You've you've watched The Wire or no? 
No, no, I have not. This is my first, uh, not my first exposure. I've seen the first episode about six or seven times. Yeah, it, it, it's a grower. What, where are you at? Uh, middle of season three. Okay, that's that's a, that's a good season. Yeah. Season four, I think, is probably the peak. Um, really? Yeah. But nice. uh, season, season five is still good, but season four is phenomenal. Um, yeah, I need to rewatch that show. That's a good show. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, I'm happy that I have an easy way. Because that way I don't really have any excuse not to. Yeah. 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 Watch it in bed. What? Yeah. Or bed. Uh, I'm going to move on to Deadwood after that, I think. Oh, yeah, great. This is good. You're doing good. Yes. It's <laughs> basically all of these HBO shows I've never had access yeah. to. You should, uh, yeah. Pop into Entourage, see what Turtle's up to. Yeah. Hey, Turtle. <laughs> Talking about Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? Uh, talking about Turtle was a fake thing from the You Talking You Two to Me okay. podcast, and they had a fake call-in thing where Paul Tompkins asked if he thought that Turtle was a guy named Turtle or he was once a real turtle that was turned into a guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's like, hey, do you all think that Turtle's just called Turtle, or do you think that he was once a turtle and got turned into a man? Well, we don't know. That's it for another episode of Talking About Turtle. <laughs> like reverse witches situation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she a basic witch. Yeah, basic witches. Wasting yeah. witches. <laughs> Let's see here. Pulling another one up here. Uh, what did slash do you think of Dear Esther and interactive movie type games in general? Um, have either of you played any of the older interactive video games, such as Night Trap or Dragon's Lair? Ellen, uh, Alan Del Rio asked that. Uh, this was a while ago on Facebook that he brought this up. He also mentioned, like, uh, To the Moon. Yeah. So I think he's looking for either FMV stuff or... Uh, just in general, very low interactivity, um, you know, adventure story-based games. Yeah. You want, you want to take the lead on this one? We have talked about it before. Um, yeah, we have. Like, uh, Dear Esther is our canonical example of being as far on the spectrum that we established uh, back yeah. I think in the next episode. Um, you know, just as far away from interactivity or what is game as, as possible. Um, I'm, a hu- I'm a fan, as long as the story is good. I think that Dear Esther hits on a, on a particular you know, aesthetic that I really enjoy, um, and it has a very melancholic note that uh, you know, speaks to me that I like in a lot of media. Um, I can't say that I would universally like anything like that. You know, just like, that just puts a huge, um, a huge burden and strain on, like, hey, can we put something interesting in front of you? Mm-hmm. And so you know, a game that is based around storytelling is probably only going to be as good as the story that it's trying to tell. Um, same thing goes for, for for To the Moon, which I think is, you know, stunning. It's 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 a it's a beautiful game um, that I would recommend people check out. Which it's impossible not to get it for free because of a bundle. Um, you know, it seems like it's always kind of going on sale for a dollar. Um, but yeah, like just it may just be the case that I've come across two really good examples of that, and that's why I say I like these things. Yeah, I mean there there are less successful examples of that kind of thing. Um, like, I'm kind of a defender of it, but um, Home is not a great game, and is, you know, it's fine, but it's not perfect. Um, you know, there uh, and there's some things that are more interesting than anything, like Dinner Date is interesting, but it's not phenomenal or anything like that. Um, Dear Esther is very good, but I think that it, it's interesting, you know, as, as somebody who's on the record as being pretty disappointed with um, A Machine for Pigs, like, it's interesting that I like Dear Esther, but when they, I don't think they're good at making things that are more interactive. I think that they are good at writing these kind of poems, mood poems, 
Yeah. And uh, and that's that's where they're at. So like I Dear Esther is a game. It's you know far enough and still qualifies as such to me. Not that I'm like the arbiter of that, but um, I like it a lot. But I th- almost think that them playing to their strength, they should stick with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I've it's, never played uh, To the Moon, so. It's weird because like you mentioned, Home not being very good, and I and I agree. It's you know like an interesting little diversion, but I think that Home especially fails if you played Lone Survivor. Oh yeah, Lone Survivor is much better. Yeah. yeah, just like they're 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 so similar, and it, and it may be that like I, I for as much as I look forward to uh, machine, a machine for pigs, I've I, I've kind of held it up to a point where like oh I want to be able to dedicate like uh like like two nights to this, mm-hmm. um, and I've not had those two consecutive nights that I felt willing to jump in feet first. Also, I'm probably a little bit afraid of being disappointed by it, but like yeah. you know home home fails um, in the face of like having played. Lone Survivor, which does tries to do something very similar and succeeds a lot more than it does. Yeah, and I think like you know, a machine for pigs probably just fails compared to Amnesia, which you know, I I I, I think you like Amnesia, right? Yeah, yeah, I love Amnesia. Yeah, like uh, that is like just a, a categorical success at what it's trying to do. Yeah, it is one of the greatest horror games. Um, yeah. The uh, and and a machine for pigs, like as much as I was disappointed with it, it is not without merit. Like you will find things to like about it. It is. It is. There are things to like about it. It's just disappointing. It's two great tastes that don't taste great together. Yeah. You know? But both of which I, I appreciate on their own. Um, it's interesting too, though, that you bring up or that um, Ellen brings up things um, like older FMV games because they're very different than like the narrative games of now. Like you look at something like um, Dragon's Lair versus something like um, Gone Home, and they both have what they have in common is a limited amount of interactivity. But Dragon's Lair ends up being like a game of memory. <laughs> Like it almost—it's just like a like a you know that's that's what that is, mm-hmm. um, you know trial and error and memory and just watching a fun little like animated short. Like I I played Dragon Slayer when I was young. I played like there's um those Sega produced hologram games that are essentially uh, Dragon Slayer. Like and I played Dragon Slayer on my phone and stuff. Like I have nostalgia for that shit, uh, but they're not. It they feel very different to me than that because there is no basis on story. Like there's no you know no one's getting into the lore of Dragon Slayer. It's just you want to look at some cool Don Bluth animation. And the same is true of most like FF, FMV, uh, like Sega CD style FMV games, I felt. Yeah. Um, like specifically like Night Trap, which is a weird game and kind of ambitious and neat, but not, you know, a good story by any means. Yeah. I'd have to double check to just do a control F on the document. I don't think anybody has recommended or requested Night Trap for uh, um, Abject Suffering yet. That'd be fun. Like I would be, I'd revisit that. I think that might end up being a secret redemption because it's such a neat idea. Yeah. Like Night Trap is is a very cool idea that just doesn't doesn't quite work. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Most of the criticism of it that I've read has either been of the bizarreness of it, which I'm fine with, having yeah. not being in a position to pay money for, it, and also because Dana Plato, lol. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> not. It's not like it doesn't work. Like the things it's trying to do don't work, but it's just trying to do a neat thing. Mm-hmm. Like um. I played that, like, a shit ton. Like, I ended up living with a cousin who had a Sega CD for a while, which was, like, when I got to play Snatcher and Lunar and stuff, which was great, but also, you know, have to play video games if they're there. So, you know, spending a lot of time playing Sewer Shark and Night Trap. And, yeah. uh, and Night Trap is... It doesn't work, but it's interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. You're right. It totally is a reskin. Did you ever play Corpse Killer? Uh, I'm familiar with Corpse Killer, but I never played it. Yeah. No, it, it's like a Rastafarian-themed... Um, um, zombie shooter. It's it's pretty oh, like, like Dead Island <laughs> is to Resident Evil as Corpse Killer is to Night Trap. Yeah, it's so. <laughs> like, yeah. 
God, that oh. island. I fucked that island. Yeah, um, yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah, but it does end up being a reskin. Like, you know, Gabriel Knight 2 is, you know, just a Gabriel Knight game that is has simpler puzzles, except, you know, a more intricate story, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that is a narrative focus thing, yeah. like, you know, closer to, like, a Gone Home or a Deer yeah. Um, on that thing. Like de-emphasizing. I don't think either of us have a problem with de-emphasizing mechanics. Um, I don't like it when they're, you spend a lot of time on mechanics that aren't fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's a frustrating thing and that has to do with my um, or informs my weariness, my JRPG weariness as I get older. Like yeah. you spend a lot of time on the mechanics in those games but you, they're not generally very fun. Um, but I can handle a game that doesn't have uh, very much in the way of mechanics and emphasize the story for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting you bring up um, Lone Survivor. I like Lone Survivor, but I also think it's a smidge too long. Like I yeah. wish that the length was somewhere between it and home, but mm-hmm. it had the mechanics and, and story of Lone Survivor. Yeah, you know? definitely. It, it, it is. It does turn into a little bit of a slog. Like there's probably like one too many levels. Yeah. Um, I would say like it, it, it's got a little bit of that Resident Evil syndrome where it's like, okay, cool. I recognize that like a castle's pretty great, but like yeah, from a castle to a military installation, like. And I'll, yeah, just don't, yeah. just just cut it off. <laughs> yeah. It's good, leave well enough alone. Yeah. 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 Never a strength of games. No. Um, I'd be curious to hear, like, if there are any more, so listeners who are who are hearing this, or viewers, if you have anything else that's kind of, like, in the in the vein of, you know, Dear Esther or To the Moon, I'd be, you know, interested to, to hear that. Hear yeah. what they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I feel like a lot of these, a lot of these questions that that we're gonna get are gonna be very philosophical ones, like this one about the 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 act of what we do. Uh, Chad Bailey asks, "How did you guys end up, end up deciding you wanted to make podcasts in the first place?" Um, I, that's, it's not, I don't know how philosophical that is. I listened to them and liked them, yeah. um, and that was really all that there was. Like I listened to them and liked them, and I thought my friends were funny and. It would be fun, like we could do that as well, as people I listen to could. Yeah, yeah, definitely listening to them. Um, and it's funny; it's it, it's it's always nice to get those you know messages or responses that say like, "Hey, you know, your podcast and other podcasts like it." Um, oh gosh, it sounds like I'm sucking my own dick here. Uh, but you know, like, oh, it's you well, know, you're on camera. You can, can make this <laughs> <for a> show. <laughs> yeah, the the world. It doesn't have to sound like you're sucking your own dick, Cole. Oh, y'all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pulling up the double bird. Yeah. While making an Ouroboros. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, no, but it's, you know, it's, it's cool to hear people say, oh, like, it helps me get through work or a long drive or something because for a long time and what got me, you know, what got me interested in this was listening to podcasts at work and, you know, eventually thinking, yeah, I probably have the means to do something like this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Means and ability. Uh, it is one of those weirdly democratic things where it's like, oh, I could totally be good at this, and then it ends up being a lot harder, or, you know, not as hard as you think. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think that is particularly, like, it's as hard as you want to make it be, which yeah. is true of any hobby. True that. Uh, yeah, and that's that's all there was of, of getting to it. Like, I do a lot of stuff. Like, I've got a real, like, I can do that attitude about stuff, um, mm-hmm. and this just happened to have stuck. Like, I, you know, done a bunch of, been in bands for a long time, did music, and, like, wrote a book and stuff. Not to humble brag about it, because it obviously didn't go anywhere. No one knows about, like, nothing happened with a book I wrote. But, yeah. like, I do, like, I see stuff like that and decide I want to do it and then do it. And then mm-hmm. podcasting worked out. 
you know, because it like it makes sense that it worked out. Like it's not um, there's like the audience for this is built in kind of like tech savvy and video games are like such a there's such a big crossover for that. Like none of our podcasts that were not about video games. My cat's being awesome right now. Yeah, I'm no, I've been crossing video. Yeah, I'm glad it's being caught on camera. Um, <laughs> He's just none of the stuff that we did that was not about video games worked out. You know, um, and it just has to do with like it's just a very popular. You know, like it works for a podcast. Like mm-hmm. people play video games, also listen to podcast, and that is a nice coincidence that worked yeah. out for us. It, it definitely is. I'm wondering, like, how much of that has to do with the fact that you can listen to podcasts while you play video games? That's that's probably part of it, and then part of it probably has to do with like podcast um, being such an internet thing, and so much of internet discourse being about video games. Yeah. You know, like, the internet for a lot of people, and for me when I was younger, was like pretty much just about video games. Like, yep. Oh. One of the first like searches I remember doing was to pull up uh, like a Final Fantasy two uh, like fan page that had mm-hmm. animated gifs and midis on it, and it blew my fucking mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I used to sure. print um, like search for reviews um, uh, of games I might be interested in, and print them out so I could read them um, at work and on the toilet when I was young. Have <laughs> a good use of paper, but that was what I used to do. That's pretty good. Does Bruce, like, Shadow of the Colossus you when you're not on camera, or does he just know? No, he does that when he wants to be fed. Oh. Um, Or, like, sometimes he just does when he's affectionate, but he would like to eat, I think. But it's still a little bit early. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's super cute, though. He's got this this new chair that I have. Like, he's not... um, The back of it is significantly more narrow, so it takes more of his concentration to... to, balance on it. So he'll get up there sometimes and get stuck and just kind of whine. Or he'll get up there and he has to lean into me to stay balanced and it's very cute. Here he comes again. Yeah, you're being cute, buddy. Good boy. Yeah, I, I, I've been gone away from him because I was traveled for a week and then was gone for a long weekend. So mm-hmm. it was definitely a nice reunion between nice. me and this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, listen to him go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Um, let me see. Picking up this one, I feel weird asking myself this question, but Cole, what's your favorite Ockerville, Ockerville River song, and why is it John Allen Smith Sales? That's a funny question. Like, when I read that, I'm like, that's a, that's a funny way to phrase that. <laughs> I think I think that, uh, that, that this is Mike Verano. I think Mike has an opinion about Ockerville River songs. Well, it's a, he knows, you know, the, the title by, you know, yeah. so he, he definitely does. He knows yeah. a song, at least. <laughs> It's it, it's hard to pick, you know, just like with any, like, thing that you really like or any band or whatever. I could probably pick, like, I couldn't even name a favorite album, um, and people are rapidly approaching being not interested interested in this. Um, I'd have to say For Real, which was, like, the first one that I listened to uh, uh, by them, and it kind of got me into them. Um, they're just like, you know, like any band that's been around for, you know, any amount of time, they are kind of like five different bands in one over the course of their history. And so, you know, their later stuff sounds like a different band than, you know, what they started out with, which was mostly, like, mandolin and acoustic guitar and stuff. John Allen Smith Sells is great. Like, that whole album, that uh, the stage names, is, is, is really good, even if the follow-up wasn't that great, because, you know, a concept album about, like, what does stardom mean, just yeah, I can't really relate to that. Yeah, but, and um, go fuck yourself <laughs> like, for making that album a little bit. Yeah. I can't really relate to that. Like I understand that it's a problem for you know, for people mm-hmm. at the time, but it is a weird thing to write a concept album about. I yeah, that's a trap that like lots of artists get into. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just, and, and I've never found myself to care too much about yeah. it. Which, it's, like, nice that they backed off of that and immediately after the stage name stand-ins, uh, which you can see the posters behind me here, um, they just went on to make, like, oh, what's the weirdest overproduced music we could make? And then let's just make a very, like, personal album about our hometown in the 80s. Mm. Um, but, yes, yeah, like, stage names is fantastic because it has, uh, like, what was it, uh, oh, gosh, plus ones, where... Yeah, that sounds real good. Yeah, every, every lyric is a reference to a song with a number in it. Uh, but yeah, John Smith, John Smith Sells is great because that, that's the one that ends with just a straight-up cover of Sloop John B. <laughs> Except mm-hmm. it's about John Berryman killing himself, which is cool. I yeah. Suppose. Yeah. 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 It's a good band. I'm yeah. not an Uber fan, but I like them. Yeah, and listening to this actually, actually makes me realize and mor- uh, mortified. Do you still have that Guided by Voices mix? Yeah, I don't think I've le- it's left the Dropbox. Oh, okay, cool. So I can just go in and possibly and... could have evolved. Like they're, they've they've basically put out like six albums since since I did that. So okay, I will issue a public statement of contrition that I'm very sorry that I hadn't checked that out. Okay, ago. yeah, they, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, to you, you, you took yeah. time to. No, yeah, yeah. Me and Cole made each other mixes and 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 Gary. Put his on his iPod, iPhone, which I'm looking at right now, and I put the one that Cole made, and Cole left the one that Gary made to languish in Dropbox hell, where yeah. mixes go to die. Cool. Uh, there's at least like two songs I would like. I almost would rather like add two songs to it because the the last couple albums that they have have not been great, but the singles um, on them have been phenomenal. Like it's this weird like, and they don't get radio play. I don't know why they're putting so much like effort into having one just amazing song on these albums. Um, but the, the last two singles from the last two albums are really, really good. Um, so. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they also like teamed up with like funny people now. Like they do. Um, like their videos are on Funny or Die, and they all have Rob Corddry in them. For some reason, like Rob Corddry is in all of their videos, and all these improv actors. Like Badger is in one. Really? Because he's a UCB like improv guy. Like he's from yeah. the world of comedy. Badass. So, yeah. Oh. He's in the, the video for uh, Planet Score is the name of the, the song. Oh. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, go, go, like, just, uh, if, you, if you would like to, go ahead and slap those two in, um, and I will, I, I will dive into it. Yeah. And hold me, hold me to account on that. Will do. Yeah. Spe- speaking of holding to account, that, uh, that, that, that thing I'm going to send you is going out tomorrow. So. That thing? Oh, cool. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so did you get that yeah. thing? I said. It, like, like I, I, you don't have to say what it is because it's not interesting. It's also not a secret, though. <laughs> yeah. It's it like the way you said it made it sound. I was trying to think of something more scandalous than what it actually is. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not scandalous. Oh, I like being mysterious, though. I'm uh, going sell Cole's underwear to live <laughs> statues in Pioneer Square. So that's uh, a <laughs> that's that's the secret. Okay. Yeah. A pu- public art installation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get a would you rather from uh, from Brad Carey. Would you rather drink a smoothie of the best food you've ever had blended with the worst drink you've ever had or drink a smoothie of the worst food you've ever had blended with the best drink you've ever had? Hmm. So we have to, I think we have to define our terms for that. Yeah. Cool. What's the what's the best food you've ever had and the worst drink? And let's figure out what that smoothie would be. Okay, so the best food I've ever had. There's a restaurant here in um, Cincinnati that is called I believe it's called Boca, 
Um, and I have probably the most delicious, like, cheese-filled pasta that I can't even, like, I, I can't even recall, like, what it was called. But uh, that meal combined with just, you know, all the accoutrements that went with it um, and uh, a slice of a co-worker's beef wellington. <laughs> yeah, let's take all that. Let's take that whole meal um, and blend it in. So bad drinks are really hard to come by, bad drinks. Uh, I think the worst thing I've ever had is, like, just a mouthful of sour milk. So, yeah. Oh, I was thinking alcoholic drink, but that's interesting, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, worst drink. Okay, so so a bunch of rich, like, <laughs> meat, cheesy pasta. Yeah. Sour milk. Smoothie. Yep. Okay, so that's that's your one choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so best food, it's hard for me to think of best food because there's, you know, lots of foods I like. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and just throw in, for lack of anything better, um, Pock Pock chicken wings because I adore them. Oh, we had that when I was out yeah. there, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think those are very high-quality uh, chicken wings. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put those as best food, even though if it's not the best food ever, right? it might not be, but whatever. And then worst drink, um, there's like a there's a Dayquil that I'm using right now, a generic Dayquil that tastes really, really gross. <laughs> um, that, that has like a real like stick to your stick to your ribs kind of sourness. So I'm gonna say this like specific kind of uh, daytime flu medicine. Mm. That is my most recent daytime flu medicine I have drank. So, <laughs> so Thai spicy Thai wings in daytime flu medicine. Oh, is that is that smoothie? All right. So and then opposite, Cole. What worst food you've ever had, and then best drink? I I can't even say. Oh. Mm. I, I don't even know what, like, worst food, like, worst, like, lowest quality, worst just, like, tasted bad. I think worst tasting is probably what we're going for, because we we're, we're trying to make a, a smoothie that has shades of gray to it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's say, like, the worst food I've ever had, let's go with a roast beef sandwich from Rax. What's the story with this roast beef sandwich? Uh, really just offensively bland and bad. I don't know. Like it's 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 hard to think like yeah, like the like the, the actual the, the actual food itself. So let's yeah. just let's just go with like just offensively bad. Yeah, like low quality food. Yeah. Uh, so 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 racks uh, used to be around. It was a midwestern um, like roast beef sand roast beef sandwich chain that was uh, known for its salad bar. For me personally, it is known as the restaurant where my mom had a seizure. No. So that might actually contribute. Like a, like a beef seizure or just a regular seizure? <laughs> she had a beef seizure. <laughs> Getting the beef seize. Yeah. Okay. And then best drink. Best drink. Let's go with, it is a dogfish head beer. It is the Palo Santo Marone. Okay. Yeah. So we got this roast beef sandwich blended up into that beer. Yes. So your choice is beef wellington and cheese pasta mm-hmm. uh, blended into sour milk, <laughs> or that r- bland roast beef sandwich blended up into beer. I think the choice is clear, but what... Which oh, one yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. So, so the, wor- the worst drink that I've ever had is far worse than the worst food I've ever had. Yeah, sour milk is pretty rough. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, worst food... Um, it's hard. Like, um, I've had, like, a couple, like, bad, like, like tuna fish that didn't taste good. Those kind of off experiences, and that's real bad. Like, a, a fishy tuna fish 
like on the bubble. Yeah, yeah, I'll throw one of those up there for that. Like, it may, again, maybe not the worst, but close enough. Um, and then best drink um, would probably be, um, like, some kind of, like, milkshake. Like, mm-hmm. um, in my hometown, there's a place called Ollie's that does frozen custard, and oh, they sure. do uh, malts. So, like, an Ollie's chocolate frozen custard malt is probably probably up there. So, mm-hmm. bad tuna and a malt. Or good chicken wings and, like, <laughs> shitty Dayquil. <laughs> um, I'm going bad tuna and a malt. Like, I feel like that malt is going to be sugary enough to cover up almost anything. Like, it would give me a stomach ache like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. But I bet you I could get, like, I could down it. it, it it's weird because you're aggressively courting food poisoning for that, especially since it's canned, so it's probably botulism. Yeah. I think that's a more substantial roll of the dice than you think it is. It prob- <laughs> well, I mean, I did it once. Um, like it's the, it's the worst food I ever ate and lived. It's not the worst okay. food I ever ate and died. Okay, so if you could go back and yeah. like dark tower your way into that particular instance of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It'd have to be the exact same chicken, and it'd have the exact same constitution. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Or not chicken, uh, chicken of the sea. Hmm. Yeah. But, huh, so I'm trying to think of like, like, the, like the worst alcoholic drink. That's really hard because like beer doesn't, like, you know, like, oh, I've had some bad beer in my life. Like, I've had, like, Schlitz and Strohs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, cheap beer is fine, though. Yeah, but that's just like the, you know, that's kind of like that Rack's sandwich. Um, yeah. I did once uh, at a friend's house in college uh, mix together, I believe, um, some kind of, um, let's say, licorice liqueur with a watermelon liqueur. Mm. And what I produced tasted exactly like children's amoxicillin. That's gross. Yeah, pretty bad. I've I've definitely done a bunch of dumb drink things, like just mixed liquors together because I thought I was blazing a trail. Um, Like one one of the guys I drink with first, who's a guy I was in a band with, um, he uh, we did some kind of drinking game um, where you could make other people do shots um, of drinks, but he didn't have appropriate drinks for it. So it was like, you know, do this shot of dry vermouth, do this shot of triple sack. Like it was just it made no sense. It was so disgusting. Like, here, here, throw this some bitters in this triple sack. Like, it's so fucking stupid. And that was really gross. Um, those are all the things. So you know how they have those, like, progressive dinners where you have, like, breadsticks at somebody's house and you've got, a, you know, just a, a... I don't know why I keep going back to canapes at somebody else's house. Like, you go around a neighborhood and you just have a meal at the course of a several different people's houses. What you're proposing is some kind of progressive cocktail. Like, you make it in your stomach. Yes. Yeah, I, I've never heard of that for dinner, but that sounds delightful and better than this. Yeah, actually, I've also had. Um, oh man, did I lose it? Fuck! I remembered a gross, gross liquor thing that I've done. Oh, um, when I was on the East Coast, um, we were trying Moxie because we wanted to try an unusual soda, and yeah. uh, it was super disgusting. But we wanted to get drunk, so we mixed it with Seagrams and made Moxiegrams. And that's <laughs> disgusting because Moxie's disgusting. Moxie. Is Moxie an especially pungent uh, root beer? Is that no? I wish. Um, it's hard to describe what Moxie is. It's its own thing. Like it's a medicine-y kind of almost cola, like medicine-y cola kind of thing. Yeah, it's really okay. good. Like a like like a tonic. Like yeah. A tonic water. Yeah. No, I've been in love with that. From afar, because of its name, that's a pretty good name for a yeah, and somehow better than Pepsi, which like means the same thing. Really? Like, like, like you know, something's got like, something is pep, you know. Oh, it's got pep. 
Yeah. Yeah. Pepsi. Moxie. Like it's similar. You know, not to mean the same thing, but same kind of naming conventions. Similar construction. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I don't know. Should I dip into the last question? Um. Yeah. If anybody's watching, this might, this one might be one for the tapes. Um, yeah. Just because you know, the. Uh, yeah. But, because of the multiple concurrences around around this. Also, summer is slow too. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let, let's jump into this. <clears throat> Trent, uh, Trent Amon asks, uh, "My will to be creative and productive has taken a serious turn for the worse lately. How do you guys stay motivated uh, to keep pumping out content for the podcast?" No, um, <laughs> like ego box, and it's fun to do. Yeah. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, precedence. Um, is, is, is another thing. Uh, again, all of those, it's fun to do, and also uh, making things feels good. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, it's, you know, similar to the, you have you have one, you have a lifetime to make your first album, but six months to do the second. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, like, that existing deadline for, 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 for all these things, knowing that there are people counting on it, which we could just go away and be like, oh, we're going to be gone. Uh, you know, like often happens with those damn Ross kids for, uh, you know, life-related reasons uh, because Chris doesn't live his life around these things like like we do to a certain extent. He's a grown-ass man with kids and stuff. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, just, you know, just the idea that, like, oh, it feels good to do this on a regular schedule, and I feel like, you know, that's why Hexcrank kind of suffers is, you know, because it doesn't have that kind of established, you know, people are going to really whine about it. Yeah, um, people are going to notice if it you know if it goes away you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, and the I mean the thing the nice thing about like bonfire side chat is very popular, so it's fun to do that. Um, for that reason, because it's fun to talk about, you know, to provide that because it's not a thing that exists for mm-hmm. Dark Souls and it supports it. And then watch out for fireballs keeps us playing games that mm-hmm. are interesting to talk about. So like whereas I might succumb to some kind of dreaded MMO addiction or just end up playing random what's its head. It kind of organizes that part of my life in a cool way. That I like, even though that is a double-edged sword too, because then you don't have as much time to, to play stuff you do that's just random randos that you want to play. Yeah, for um, sure. It's kind of nice. Like when we do the planning, it's nice to be like, oh, I've got this to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I was I was actually like dipping in and looking at like the coming couple months and getting like real jazzed. Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna do the next poll like during the uh, during like one of the next uh, live shows as well. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. De- depending on how it shakes out, but uh, but yeah, it, uh, I think I think that's there. Like it, it it helps with this because you know this turns something that we otherwise would do for fun, um, namely playing the games, which is probably the most time consuming, or you know like the neck and neck for the most time consuming part of this into something that is ostensibly like productive. Right. Yeah. So it removes some of the guilt around something we otherwise would uh, want to do anyway. That said, I can't I can't speak for what you would do. You know, like if your pursuit isn't directly related to playing games and then talking about them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all it's all basic. I mean, I feel like um, motivation for me, like for anything that I do, it just comes to um, like yeah, like figure out some kind of schedule. Um, when you have time, make a list of things that you want to do during that time, and then just kind of do them. You know, is, is so like, you know, today, like, you know, I, I rolled out of bed whenever I rolled out of bed, and I, you know, did a little socializing. But then it's like, okay, today I need to watch a movie for school and do my Infinity Engineers blog, 
and write another thing. So that's what I have to do today. I forgot about the um, live stream, which is fine, because I'll stay up late, because I always do, um, to get the rest of that stuff done. But I just know I need to do that stuff. And it's all stuff I want to do. It's all stuff that's fun. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, kind of no problem. Like, I just kind of do it. So you should, I think that, like, to that end, make sure the stuff that you want, you're doing is stuff you want to do. Yeah. Like, if you're not having fun doing it, don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's really hard to get paid for things. Um, you know, neither of us make our living at this stuff. Like, we, it pays for itself, thank goodness, and, like, slightly more, you know, allowing us to get better, but it's not, you know, it's not a job. So the, uh, if we didn't, I like to think that if we didn't like doing it, we wouldn't do it. Like, that's probably the main reason. Yeah. You know, like, inertia is a thing, and ego bucks are a thing, but, like, if we didn't like doing it, it would be stupid to keep doing it. For sure. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, and like the, 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 making the list is good, but just kind of like what what you, what you laid out there, I feel is you know so important, which is like having multiple things. Like it's really easy to get like you know to fall into productive procrastination. Yeah, um, which is like, oh, I know there's this like big thing that I want to do, but I'm gonna be over here tagging my MP3s, or like yeah. for me, cleaning is a big one because like I never feel bad about pacing around the apartment and picking stuff up. Um, but, like, having multiple constructive things and being kind of ruthless or at the very least very canny about recognizing when you're when you're in the zone for a particular thing because if you just have, like, this one monolithic thing in front of you that you need to work on, God damn it, recognizing that stuff is going to come up and, you know, some sometimes a lot of the time you're just not going to feel like doing it. Um, but then, you know, if you don't do it or do something else you have a lot of guilt around it. Like, have something equally as productive or something else that you, like, you know, that is of a different, you know, focus or difficulty level that you can, like, jump to without feeling bad because the second guilt gets wrapped up into it um, beyond, you know, just kind of like, oh, you know, if we miss this episode, people are going to be real upset. You know, if it's self-imposed guilt, then all of a sudden the fun just goes out. Yeah, you're not enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, yeah. there's also something to just like sitting down or working on something too. Like, mm-hmm. you can kind of wait until you feel like it, but you'll find like that you will grow to feel like it part way through, I think. Yeah. Once you start working on stuff a lot of the time. Um, I'm like that a lot with writing. Like, um, you know, like it doesn't feel good to write, but it feels good to having written. Yep. And the, um, once you get that end in sight and something comes together, that's the really good feeling. It doesn't feel good to sit down and stare at a blank page, mm-hmm. um, but you just you do it anyway. Um, to get to that second feeling. So there's like a little bit of that uh, delayed reward. Um, There's also like for me, like I like to break things up into days. So if I just have a huge product that's going to take more than one day, just knowing about that doesn't help anything. But if I'm like, I'm going to do this part of this today, then that's very easy for me, you know. So uh, just like kind of having, and then once I get that done, then I'm like, okay, well, at that point I can do whatever I want because I've done this productive thing. And it kind of becomes this like a nice little flow of, you know, reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, it's the homework strategy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Once you do your homework, you can you can watch TV. Yeah. And in this case, even if your homework is like playing games, like once you play your games, you can play your games. Mm-hmm. Or you know, once you write your thing, you can write your thing. Yeah. It's it, it, it's it's hard for me not to talk about GTD and you know in this in this context. Uh, and, and I know that it literally causes Gary psychic psychic pain when I mention that. But that is like that that breaking. <laughs> but just, uh, just, just, just the very act of like do, going in and planning it, uh, because the way that we naturally plan things a lot of the time, um, 
um, or the way we attempt to plan things is not quite the natural way. What Gary just laid out is like just the common sense way that GTD encourages you to to do it. And I think that even just the you know the act of laying it out like that will you know give you uh, you know it'll, it'll help clarify what that loose thread is that you can pull at. Um, it's you know just about making correct easy, right? Like I want to make the right thing the easiest thing to do at the moment. Yeah. 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 It's hard though. It, re it really is, especially uh, if you start. Like my my huge problem with writing is self editing, a lot of the oh. time, and uh, it's it, it's hard because I write a lot for work, so it takes me a lot longer, I think, than other people. Um, you know, but I just uh, I will get halfway through a sentence and start thinking about how I can improve the the, the first half of that sentence mm. before I finish it out, and, and and it causes a lot of it to turn inward. So that's a real. That's a real problem for me in writing that I don't have in speech, where I can just get in the middle of a sentence and it can go on and on forever. Yeah, well, there's a there's um, Kurvana get taught a writing workshop in Iowa, um, the Iowa Master's Degree Writing Program, which is really famous and great. And he he had a thing where like there are two kinds of writers, um, which are like swoopers and pounders. Mm -hmm. And pounders sit down and make sure they have every word and every sentence right, and then move on. And then swoopers make a draft and then go over it and then go over it and then go over it. And like the nice, like I'm definitely a super, and the reason why I like it, I'm not saying it's qualitatively better, but mm -hmm. it means that if something, I can gauge the importance of something, or gauge a deadline to not do like a final swoop. Like if I get something to 90% and it just has to be done, and this mm -hmm. is more for school, like I try not to half-ass personal stuff, but like this isn't the best thing I could ever write, but it has to be done. Then I just don't do another swoop, but I have a thing on the page. Whereas if I had written 80% of something perfectly and then just like I can't end it because it's take, I'm taking all this time like placing every word correctly that's harder for me like I like having a thing done and then you have the thing you can alter it you can change it but you have a version of it done and it helps you kind of like see the larger organization of it and mm -hmm. you know, different parts can inform like the end can inform the beginning you know and so on Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, like that, that, that is a great behavior, and it's one that I that that I attempt to emulate. Just because you know, what, what, I forget who said it, but it's like write with reckless abandon and edit with laser-like precision, or something like that. Yeah. I, for, I forget who said that. And oftentimes, because because a lot of what I write for work is you know scripts about tech product uh, products. My first draft, um, you know, if I'm having trouble, is just going to be so your shit's fucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it'll just be uh, like you know just as strident or as, you know, just kind of like, I'm going to write this to be funny as possible and then go back in and take out the so your shit's fucked and, right. um, you know, turn it into something acceptable and then just laugh and laugh and laugh when some of it stays in and the, and, and the client loves it. Yeah. Do, um, do you try to do, um, like, I like uh, free writing stuff sometimes. Mm -hmm. I do that for class and it seems like a dumb exercise, but it does help where, like, you know, if you're just sitting there, like, I'm just going to write for five minutes and not let my pen leave the paper, like, you're never going to get anything worthwhile, but you might get a nugget of something worthwhile to build off of, which is kind yeah. of fun. That's one of those things that, like, you know, like a lot of stuff, like math, um, school ruined for, mm. for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, tot I, I totally see the value in it, and, you know, like, running those exercises, it, it, like, I, I, I get it, and, I, and, and I've enjoyed it when I've done it, but, like, Okay, let's sit down and free write. It's almost like how journaling was ruined. Like, yeah, go fuck it. yourself if someone asks you to do that. Like, it is hard not to resent that. It's so stupid. You know? Yeah, yeah. But it genuinely, like, if you, it maybe you know what I've found is if I'm not imposing it on myself, like, um, like I'll do that when I'm writing like a game review thing. Like, I will do, um, like, just write down what is the first thing I want to, I that I have to say about the game. 
mm-hmm. you know, and not worry about an intro or uh, outro or organizing points, you know? Like, what's yeah. noteworthy about this? What's the reason why I want to write about this? And then mm-hmm. just kind of go with that for a little while, and then you can kind of build out from the middle. Yeah. Um, what's funny is you're, you're describing my outlining process, <laughs> actually, yeah. which is to open up Scrivener or BB Edit or something like that, and then just, um, you know, think in bullet points around yeah. that, and then, you know, just organize them, you know, later. Um, I do the same thing with, you know, with index cards sometimes. Uh, so it's less about getting specific phraseology, and it's more like what is like top of mind really important to me about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and regardless of whatever you're doing, like I think um, if it is for any kind of personal project, you need to. And this is cliche, dumb advice that everyone knows, but start with and focus on the stuff that's important to you. Like, I guess that's going back to the point you already made. But if you don't give a shit about the stuff you're doing, you're not gonna. No one else is, and you're not gonna continue to give a shit about it. Which is why. Education is so fucked in so many ways because that's not something that's emphasized, um, you know. But only, good work can only come from caring about it. I think I don't mm-hmm. think that you can do good work in a mercenary fashion. Really, I think it always comes through. So, like, it, you know, you need to find like the nugget of the thing that you're interested in it for it mm-hmm. to make any sense. Yeah. So. The, uh, the the other thing that I'll that I'll say just as long as this turns into uh, this this is just when I or just real quick when I said you couldn't do good work in a mercenary fashion I wasn't slamming your job I didn't mean you were doing oh, no, no, no. Okay. I, 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 I didn't that's read that's totally not that. what I meant I just like I'm sh- I'm sure that you are finding the thing about the stuff that is interesting to you or at least the angle you want to take that's interesting oh so for sure not, when I say mercenary I don't mean that it can't be for commercial means I just yeah. mean that you can't focus on something that you don't care about. Yeah, sure. I, I definitely, I, I appreciate you jumping at that. I didn't read yeah. that into okay. it at all. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's very much, you know, it very much is. Like, and and that's just, you know, without without going too far into my job, that's when it becomes like a real slog. Like, you know, we we call those zombie projects where mm-hmm. you, you you approach it and you know just it's something that we that we do because you know at any given time we're working on twenty different things. Like when you when you approach a new a new client video or a new job, you know, it's it's always with like I want to find the best in this because I want the next eight to twelve weeks to be as fun as possible. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know the, the the hardest part about that is when the angle that you want to take or you know what you feel is the you know the right story or the correct story um, kind of gets shot down and it's taken more towards that you know creative inertial point like that lowest common denominator against which everything falls, which is you know, the majority of what you've seen a lot of these explainer tech videos, you know, like, yeah. you know, here's why your life sucks, and here's why you, you know... Yeah, wouldn't you, it be great if you could do that work from home? Yeah, exactly. Don't you hate not being able to get emails on the beach? <laughs> Precisely. And then, you know, you just, uh, at the end of the video, you have, like, oh, you're you're on the beach, and there's stacks of money right there, and everything is real gross. Um, yeah, yeah, because you got an email on the beach. Yep, pretty you, much. You're one step closer to death. Yep. <laughs> you're, yeah, sure. you're a little bit older. <laughs> and you spend some time reading an email for work. Yeah. And not looking at a beach. Yeah. So, you know? so there, like, there, there's an angle on most of those stories, you know, even if, even if it is, you know, mercenary, where you can have fun with it or where you can wrap this up in such a way that, like, that, you know, I, I, I don't really care so much about what we're saying about your product, but the way in which we're saying it is is, is new and exciting. Yeah, um, yeah. It's the same way when you get, um like, actors that do kind of garbage movies, but you can tell they're having fun. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, you know, it's not like, uh, I don't know, Harvey Keitel totally believes in, what is it, Port of, like, Bad Cop, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, mm-hmm. or whatever, or Nicolas Cage, rather, like, who totally believes in it. Like, he's just having fun being there, and that's fun to watch, and he's finding his own value in it, which is a grander life lesson. You know, that's yeah. what you need to do in every situation. For sure. Yeah, I know that. We, I call that the cannonball run effect. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And a keg of beer. And <laughs> yeah, he's having fun. Yeah, I, I felt that way. I initially really hated, um, what, what was that? Not The World's End, the other one that came out around that same time. This is with, the end? Uh, this is the end. I initially hated that because I went into it not knowing that that's exactly what that was. Yeah. <laughs> and on subsequent watchings, it really comes through as, uh, you know, as like, okay, I can I can pick it up. I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling the fun in the room. Yeah. Uh, but tr- just looking at, it as a, look, looking at it as a straight comedy, it fell short for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I was going before before I defended the way I make my money um, <laughs> was um, uh, just, g- g- again, general creative advice. Reading about doing a thing isn't doing a thing. Yeah. And yeah. planning to do a thing isn't necessarily doing a thing either. Like, it is up to a certain step. But you can get into a real trap with that, that kind of thing, too. Like, I think you tweeted it, Cole, where you were saying, like, looking up new productivity st- apps is not being productive or something like that. Yeah. And it's definitely true. Like it's not. And again, I don't mean that as a dig on on your you and your people, your culture. I just mean <laughs> that as like um, that uh, at some point you have to draw a line. Mm-hmm. You don't actually do something and get something on the page, or nothing's going to happen. And uh, there's a balance to that. Like I would say that I, being self-reflective, like what I am bad at is I could stand to do more planning, and I could also stand to do more editing in almost everything I do. Like I don't. Uh, I'm not always the best at getting something polished. Like, that's not really my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the best at Like, I'm usually in a hurry to move on to the next thing or get something out, um, which isn't great. But you can also go too far in the other direction, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the, the, the specific tweet that you're, that you're referring to, the, the, uh, the, the sentiment is often repeated, but it's actually pinned to the top of Merlin Mann's um, Twitter Again, same really man causes Gary psychic pain. It's um, joining a Facebook group about uh, uh, creative productivity is like buying a chair about running. Oh, yeah. Some, 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 you know, along those, along those things. On the converse of that, I, I almost feel like you know, specifically for writing or for a lot of other things, like consuming good stuff to a certain degree is like a really kind of like high calorie version of that. Like you don't want to do a lot, but you know, reading is a really important part of writing. So if that's what you're doing, like, don't stop consuming stuff. Don't, like, flagellate yourself by starving yourself. Um, yeah. Like, don't, don't starve yourself of good stuff just because you can't make something good of your own, right? Yeah, you can, you can tell, like, you can, when you read something, you can tell if it's written by someone who doesn't read, mm-hmm. you know? Like, this is written by someone who doesn't really read. Mm-hmm. And, like, that, that's so obvious. But I also, like, I think it's hard to, or at least just, and this is my own insecurities coming out, where I, can, I can't say, like, you know, you need to be reading everything all the time because I just don't have time for that. So I, no. I do try to read and I do try to be like literate. And since like a lot of the stuff I write about and we talk about in game stuff is game game things, so I will read about games and try to play a lot of games um, to get that kind of vocabulary for it. Um, and I do, I mean, I read novels as well. But the uh, you can't do everything either. So like finding that balance is very hard and personal. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's kind of like blaming stuff on your taxes, you know. <laughs> You can you can find a way to you know to, to, to make that to make it relevant. You just have to you know kind of go into it with a act just about the douchiest thing, which is a hunter's eye, mm. like looking looking for neat things that you can you know not so much appropriate, but just kind of like oh like you can learn from. Right? Yeah, one of my favorite things when um, I started wanting to write uh, like horror stuff and run horror tabletop games um, was I bought a few uh, encyclopedias of monsters. And those are, that's like the best because the writing style is not enough to actually influence you stylistically, mm-hmm. but it's just like pure distilled idea, 
like, here's this monster that does this, this is its gimmick, this is its origin, it ties into folklore this way. And, like, you just kind of synthesize that stuff and, and extrapolate and move on, and it's just, like, really, like, a rich vein mm-hmm. for it. So. Yeah, that's a, that's really good. Uh, like, that's part of the reason why I like uh, monster manuals. Like, like oh, the yeah. books so much. Yeah. yeah. Like, those, those are just, you know, it's super evocative. And then they also have the imagery as well. Like, you could do, if you are designing, like, let's say you are making a game, you could do way worse than to, like, just flip through the second edition monster manual like, before you design your, your creatures, because you're going to get inspired by it. Like, it's such a good book. <laughs> it's my favorite novel. <laughs> you can say without exaggeration, it's the best novel of the 21st century. Monster, <laughs> no second edition. 20th century. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah. So we had another question pop in. Um, hey, guys. Hey, yeah. Uh, keep, keep them coming. Kindle this flame. Kindle this yeah. flame. <laughs> uh, Mike Ferrano asks, on the topic of reading... Favorite novels? Yeah. Do you, do you have a favorite novel? <sighs> That's hard. Uh, canonically, I'm going to say House of Leaves, um, just because of the stuff that it does with like metafiction and things like that. Uh, if if I'm allowed to take something as a as a whole, let's say the entire Dark Tower, um, and if we're looking for something not as you know stereotypical, the other one I say is uh, Confederacy of Dunces. Um, is fucking amazing. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Hashtag good books. <laughs> Sorry, um, I didn't mean to scatter shot. It was like the Doctor River thing. Like if you if you read, how can you like? You know, yeah, you don't pick a pick a book. I mean, it's annoying. Like we've we've probably talked about this before, but like when somebody who doesn't play games um, is trying to engage you in casual conversation, the bastards for trying to do yeah. that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> fucking casuals, <laughs> basic basic witches. Um, yep. You know, they, they they try and say, oh, you, know, you play games. Um, I've, I've heard about this at work. What's your favorite? Yeah. And then you say Zelda yeah. and move on. Uh, yeah. They're like, yeah, something like, yeah. It's a high fidelity problem. Like, okay, do you want, like, of this decade, of this genre, right. Right, whatever. Right. And then they just leave because they, they tried, damn it. They, yeah, they don't want to go into that. Yeah. And really, like, when, yeah, if you, if you do come back with what genre and what decade, you're being a dick because they're oh, just yeah, sure. like conversation. Um, but we all have a dick inside of us. Yeah, yeah, and outside of us. Yeah. If you still got a dick inside you, you need to head to your, your pediatrician, Cole. Because that's not... I would probably... I'm going to go with Slapstick, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book. It's probably my favorite book. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, there are lots of books I like. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's probably up there as far as just being influential to me idea-wise and uh, and and resident emotionally with me. Yeah. Yeah, you, you just you have the good taste not to just blur them all out. Got two of it. So oh, I got yeah. two from it. So, yeah. 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 I feel really bad because I'm not currently reading anything. Um and normally I, I at the very least have have a novel going. Um Yeah. which is a bummer. I, I like wouldn't be able to read on first Oh, good. They, they what? Uh, I feel like e-readers kind of killed me on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not having the actual artifact, like, sitting next to the bed or in a book as a constant reminder when it's just an app on a thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to really just kind of want to swing back in the other direction uh, because for as much as I like the convenience, um, that convenience has steamrolled any possible value I might get. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, I mean, both both can be super useful. It's super annoying to have to reference back to things, and a uh, any reader book if you have any reason to do so. 
Yeah. Um, and I'm only like currently consistently reading because of school. I usually will have a like something I'm reading, try to, but you know, things will drop down. Like I've been working my way through Harlan Ellison short stories for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I've got a lot of collections of them, so I'll pick that up every once in a while. But I've just been reading for this science fiction class, so I just wrapped up that fucking 2312 book. Um, <laughs> and I'm about to start Among Others, which I don't know anything about. Yeah. How's that, uh, how's that uh, film noir class going? Good. I, I didn't want to say it to like humble brag you, but I ended up watching Twin Peaks last week, and I'm watching Blue Velvet tonight. Mm. So, for class. After so, I... Twin Peaks, like which... Uh... Um, first season, actually, which was too much... To you know, viewing to assign in a week. Um, yeah. So I didn't actually finish it. I've been watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, I, I watched enough of it to fake it, to write about it, and then I've just been watching it recreationally because I like it. Yeah. Um, I first watched that when I was young, like too young to really get it. And mm-hmm. now that I'm older, I like it a lot more. Um, yeah. I forgot how funny it is. Like, it is it is a funny TV show. It's a, it is a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it is, uh, it's just very, and it's also just very arresting. Like, the performances are very arresting. Yep. Um, when I first watched it, I remember it kind of falling apart and not liking how it ended very mm-hmm. much, but um, the first season's really good. Yeah. Um, you could do worse than to stop after they reveal the killer. Um, yeah. Which, if you don't have to watch beyond that, I would recommend you not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the villain they introduce is okay, but it's just a little bit... It's, it's not as great. It's not as arresting. They really kind of fire the cannon indoors on that. Yeah. Yeah. Is this going to be the first time you've watched Blue Velvet? Uh, no, it was a similar thing, though. I watched it when I was, like, a teen. So mm-hmm. it would be the first time I watched it with any kind of modern sensibility. Um, yeah. We're watching Lost Highway and Mulholland Drive after that, both of which I've seen more recently and didn't like very much. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that this class, as an appreciation class, will teach me, you know, what there is to like about it, even if it doesn't end up being my favorite thing. Yeah. Lost Highway is one of the worst movies you're ever going to watch on the first go, and then it becomes yeah. good the second. So, yeah. So, yeah. And then I, did, I, I did not enjoy it the first time around. Yeah. So. And, I got bored. Yeah, it is. It is pretty boring. Mulholland Drive. I, I like that uh, a lot better. Um, it's it, it helps if you go into it kind of knowing that it is uh, it is a failed pilot for a for for a TV show he would have made. Hmm. Um, and then watching for the point after which they ran out of stuff that they filmed for the television show, and then decided, okay, we can make this an R-rated movie. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the that. Kind of, kind of helps it out, and then for God's sakes, never watch Inland Empire if they force I mean, you to yeah. watch it. No, yeah, they, they don't. Like it's not. Uh, th- that those are the last things. I'm almost done with school. I've got a right. month between when school ends and school starts where I'm just working a paltry amount of hours a week, and I'm gonna get so much shit done. It's gonna be rad. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. that's about it. Term going by quick. Yeah. Let's um like uh, here here's a thing, let's mm-hmm. talk about because somebody last episode was like rant about whatever the fuck you want. I didn't think about this. Let's talk about Cards Against Humanity and that guy. <laughs> okay. Because uh, that's in the news. Uh, okay. Can you can you outline like what what like why that's in the news? Like what's the what's the deal with that? Yes. Um. So the guy who made the game, um, somebody came out and claimed that he uh, sexually assaulted her back when they were in college. Um, which, uh, and then he, you know, so it came out on Twitter, um, there was kind of a long pause, and then he wrote a blog entry about it that's fairly problematic. Um, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's really easy to kind of pick apart. There's a couple of, like, weird, kind of gross, veiled threats 
in it. Like, there's, like, a, you know, my lawyer agrees I could sue you for libel, this person for libel, but I don't want to, and stuff like that. Like, it's kind of gross. And then he's getting off with it more or less, like, scot-free in the public eye, I feel like, because he's, he's thought of generally as a good guy, and it's more or less kind of been dropped. Like, there's been a couple of, like, think piece things that have been written, but it's interesting because it's somebody who is considered to be a progressive good person and somebody who people really like. Mm-hmm. Like, games industry people really like this dude. And then he got accused of this thing. And uh, it's just there's been a lot of interesting conversation about, like, you know, does it matter if he did it? You know, like, is that really the point of this? Like, you know, so... Is that really the point? Uh, like, that, like, does it matter for playing the game? Or does it matter... Yeah, both. both. Like, does it matter ethically? And also, does it matter... Like, his response is still kind of gross and harmful anyway. And mm-hmm. whether he, you know... There's such a there's such a shockingly few you know small number of like rape accusations that are false that almost never happens, it's something yeah. like five three to five percent, um, you know so something probably happened of some kind and he just really biffed it on the apology and it's yeah. become a pet thing for me just because like I've met this dude before I've said that before like he's friends of a friend and he's a nice guy but he's he also like I don't know I don't want to talk I don't want to talk shit like he's fine he was a nice dude but it's just interesting to me to watch him. Like, it does feel like it's getting swept under the rug mm-hmm. in a weird way that I think is kind of gross. And he just kind of, like, he wrote this response and then stopped worrying about it. And it's yeah. also interesting, too, because, like, it definitely impacts your life. And, it uh, you know, he's close friends of a friend of mine, and I've watched her, like, you know, deal with this like thing. It's just interesting. It's like, an interesting thing to talk about and think about. Yeah, yeah I, I just, man, like, public isn't the way to do that, I don't feel... Yeah. Even if the accusation, even if the accusation was public, you know, I can't say how I would play that. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody can because you know that is you know it's it's a terrible situation to be in, and you know it, it if it is not true, you saying anything out loud isn't going to help it. If it is true, at the worst, you're apologizing or trying to defend a, a horrendous act, yeah. like you know the seems like the only way to win is not to play, which is to say dealing with this privately or something like that because, I don't know, like, your hand is being forced in such a way that you can't, like, there, there, there's no there's no way out. Really. Yeah, no, there's, no, there's no win. That's definitely definitely true, and I don't envy the dude. Yeah. You know, like, um, regard, like, he, I don't think he handled it well. It's mm. still a super situation, you know, super shitty situation. Mm. Yeah, like, it's kind of amazing, amazingly so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, did, did did people come out in his defense? Like, that kind of seems like it'd be a hobby horse that the MRAs would would that, hop on. Like that definitely happened. Even though there are mixed feelings, because he and the thing he apologized, he's like, if you, you know, he does a lot of couched apologies in mm-hmm. his thing, and they're just like, this guy got falsely accused and apologized. What a what an asshole. Um, so the MRA people don't really like him, and then some, you know, geek and game culture people, like, have have shown a lot, of, like, a lot of support. For him as well, because he's just friends with like a lot of those people. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's kind of interesting. Like you, you, you now have this person who is generally, and somebody wrote a really good response about it, where they're saying like, the scary thing about this is that a lot of people who do it don't seem like assholes or monsters. Mm-hmm. You know, like people who are good people probably do. You know, and this was so long ago. Like yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean he is still a shithead, but like, you know, and I, and I don't know what that means. How you should respond to it in that case. Yeah. You know, if he if he wanted to be like, yes, you know, I did that, I'm not that way now, 
you know, mm-hmm. what would have been the correct way to, to express that. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting. It's an interesting situation. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, that, that falls into the broader conversation. I, mean, I don't know if it's broader or whatever, but, like, do you feel comfortable, like, buying Orson Scott Card's books? Because, yeah, yeah. you know, like, do, does a person's, you know, like, like, can you enjoy somebody's work knowing something bad that they've done? Right, right. And it's it's a weird thing for me because, like, you know, big fan of H.P. Lovecraft. He's a monster. And yet, like, I still, I stopped going to PAX this year. Like, this, you know, had the opportunity to go. Would have been fun. Like, previous times I've gone is was, you know, the most fun I've had with my friends, but decided not to go because those guys are assholes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's just, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting thing. And the other thing, and this is a small, like, this is a smaller topic because, you know, obviously, but in a way that's more comfortable. Even if he wasn't accused of this thing, uh, I hate that fucking game. <laughs> So, like, if somebody, like, you know, if somebody said that in apples to apples in front of me, like, neither case is ideal. I'd yeah. prefer apples to apples because at least that has room for subtlety and innuendo. Yeah, and it's at least it's a little less like mean spirited and like, I don't know, like it's not like it, and it's it's so hard to express that thought because like I like dark humor, mm-hmm. and I will say inappropriate things. Like I was talking about Cole going to the pediatrician to get his dick dropped, really. <laughs> like um. But just, like, the idea, like, it's so frustrating. Not frustrating, but it just seems like it's a bad... Like, it's a, it's a way of fooling people into thinking they're doing improv. Yeah. You know, like, like there's not... You're not really making jokes when you're playing Cards Against Humanity. Like, you're, you know, just putting jokes that someone else has made together, you know, and it's just, uh, just so cheaply ironic, and, and I don't know. I just I really, really can't stand that game. Yeah, um, so that's what that's what I would have ranted about last time when we did this before the accusations came out, and then now, I feel like I can't even complain about it being a shitty game. <laughs> missing the point, but uh, you know, it is both a troubling issue and also I hate that game. <laughs> I, saw, I saw your tweet about that, and I was like, yeah, it's pretty much spot on. Yeah, man, that's uh. Well, Ray, Riff had the best response to that, where he's like, "Here's how to make cards against humanity: from throw out the white cards, give everyone a piece of paper and a pencil, and then throw out the black cards." <laughs> Which is very funny. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like, uh, I don't know. At least apples to apples has only has one Hitler card. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it and it's yeah, and it's not as much about like I just that that shock value thing. Like, if I was a better artist, like in my head, I was having this comic where like someone puts like you know the way I lost my virginity, and they put down a thing next to it, and it says like balls, Vatican, and then like Enrico Iglesias, and then six panels of just the entire room laughing, like, hysterically. And then someone turning to the camera and is going, outrageous! <laughs> like, that's what that reminds me of. Like, that's the Apple, or that's the, the Cards Against Humanity experience. Like, it's like, oh, man, we are bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's, there's this weird, like, self-apologetic, like, aspect to it. Yeah. Just, Are we being naughty? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, okay. And that's, uh, it markets itself that way, too. Yeah. Here's, here's a funny question. Has there ever been a group of people who played card cards against humanity that wasn't entirely white? Uh, probably, um, probably not very often. <laughs> like, it's definitely on. It's probably on stuff white people like. Yeah. I'm really angry at the uh, at the at the stuff white white people like. Uh, not not you know, for 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 for, for a couple of reasons. But the but the but the for, foremost, I thought that I came up with the term the unbearable whiteness of being. And here I go, walking by a 
bookshelf, and I see hmm, stuff white people like. This is a title I would be interested in. And then I see that I see it on the back of the cover. That's like what? Yeah, that's yeah. always frustrating. Yeah, Armageddon Deep Impact situation <laughs> with you and those guys. <laughs> with, with, with the far more prolific, like <laughs> popular guys. Damn it, swooping my style. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, not to not to kindle this for far too long, but um, the uh, man, I don't know. Like, apples to apples, the worst case scenario for that is you just get with a bunch of people who are too literal minded. Yeah. Like, or or I, the I, opposite, or just are too. Like humor is only found in the least appropriate thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I've I've never had fun playing that game, and I played with all kinds of people. Like whenever I said that, people said you have to play with the right people. It's like no, I have good friends. Like I played with people who I like. Yeah. It just. I think it is a poorly designed game. It's kind of a shrewd business model. Model though, the uh, the idea that he sells like expansion packs for it. Yeah. Like, pretty consistent. Like, um, it's an interesting thing. Like, one of the things he did that um, rubbed me the wrong way is after the PAX thing came out, um, like, in the first, like, in the PAX that last year is where he went to it and there was all these things, like, they called their booth a safe space, which didn't really mean anything, you know, and it's like there's all these, like, uh, like, they're, they're, they took all the rape cards out of it, the ones that refer to rape, but, like, there's still some things that are, you know, kind of problematic in the cards. But then he wrote this big essay about how, like, the only way to change packs is from within, and, like, you know, I'm, we're still going to go because, like, uh, you know, just quit, quitting it and boycotting is not going to do anything. And there's just this weird sense that I got where it's like, oh, it was very successful for you. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you made so much money at this thing. Like, I can just see there's a weird way that he rubs me as, like, somebody who could be playing playing the progressives in a way to, to be, you know, immoral. Yeah. You know, like, playing that card is what it feels like a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like again, <laughs> commenting on the way somebody should have played it. Like if he just came out and said, like, "Oh, I need to make money. It's my business, and a lot of people want to buy who want to buy my game are going to be there." Too bad. I disagree with what they're doing. Yeah, totally. And tons of people did say that. Like tons of indie, you know, game developer people were like, "Hey, this is where the PAX 10 is, which is like the biggest way to get people to play your game before it comes out." And like. That's bared out in my experience where, you know, that's how I discovered tons of games before they came out and uh, tons of little indie games. And just saying, like, I can't, there's not really a venue for this. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a fair statement. You know, mm-hmm. I don't begrudge anyone for doing that kind of thing if they have to. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't, I'm not even the kind of, I'm not even begrudging other people who decide to go. You know, I'm not to that point. Like, I just, I decided, like, I feel kind of gross about it and yeah, you know, that's it. So, but the... Um, yeah, like you could just kind of be upfront about those kind of things and come off a little bit better, mm-hmm. and it just sounds a little bit less disingenuous. And like, I don't necessarily even think he's a bad guy. Like, I think he probably is a good guy. I think that it's possible that he just kind of has this weird reputation to uphold as being mm-hmm. this kind of like liberal paragon, and it would just be hard for him to, you know, it would be hard for him to do anything that flies in the face of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm talking a lot of shit. I don't yeah. really mean to be talking shit. It's just kind of an interesting thing from a punditry standpoint. I don't know the truth of any of these things. Yeah, it's just an interesting just, thing to read about and think about. Yeah, just I think it stems back to like a fear of hypocrisy, which is the least productive thing you can. Yeah, probably... yeah. Like hypocrisy does not invalidate everything that you've done or said. Yeah, you know, it's but it's good for you to change your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Huh. Flip flopping. 
flippity-flopping. I don't have anything I'm angry at, aside from the fact that I could talk about traffic and just the idea that I'm angry that sports events shut down entire cities, namely the city I live in, and the yeah. fact that I have to drive by both Red Stadium and Bengal Stadium. <laughs> city of Bengals. <laughs> um, we do have lots of bridges, I guess. Yeah. He's crying under the bridge. Yeah. Um, We've been going about about 90 minutes. Um, do we want to call it? Yeah, we could call it. If yeah. anybody has any last-minute questions, they can pop them in. But this is kind of a scheduling fuck-up, and this will be one for the tapes. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Can you define one for the tapes for me? I just one that, like, rather than being a live event, it's going to be more oh, for okay. the podcast and more, you know, more for the record, I guess, would have been a better way to put it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious. I wasn't like, what the fuck did you Oh, just... no, no. It was it was a malapropism. Like, it was not a good expression. That yeah. Also, I'm looking forward to turning out all my fans again, because I'm warm. <laughs> yes. Um, Understood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you just, in terms of checking in on stuff, uh, thank you, everybody who's listening, who is who has donated. Um, huge, huge things happen for the network uh, here uh, this month, most notably the, uh, the, the abject suffering about dudes with attitude, uh, which uh, I've listened to twice, which is rare. For things. <laughs> yeah. Why yes, for the iPhones? Also, also the, the 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 new the new audio interface. Going to be ordering the new uh, the new preamp for the second one, and just using your funds to build things out, and then just kind of seeing that number go up. It is it is incredibly heartening. Uh, we're going to be talking about new goals here uh, for the future. Where, you know, this train keeps going, um, and that is not to say like, ooh, give us more, but you know, new problems solved by this, you know, by, by, by the support that you're giving to us also opens up, like, new opportunities that we can, you know, pursue. So well, It also means that, like, you, if you're you're not necessarily... People don't support the Patreon because they saw that we needed a pre-mixer. Yeah. If they're going to support the Patreon, having new goals means that we're using that money to make the show better and we're not just, yeah. you know, hookers and blow. A much better way to say that. <laughs> yeah. So it, it is a positive thing and tra- a transparent thing. It's not a greedy thing. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, is there anything else, like, network-wise that... Uh, uh, no. Um, you know, tune in next month, listen to our shows, read our stuff. Um, I don't think we have any other big announcements. We're coming... The next time we do this will be a month before PRGE, um, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, that'll be that'll be a real fun time. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's also related to the Patreon, so Should good I? on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to start training for that. <laughs> training. So, I do. So for the uh, for the game we're doing. Oh, you're right. Oh God. Yep. Do you want to announce that next month? Yeah, let's announce that next month. Yeah. Indeed. Okay. Yeah, that'll that'll be good. Uh, we have to yeah. decide which. Uh, is that gonna, is it going to give it away to say which one? Um, I think we should do the Super Nintendo one. Oh yes, definitely. Play, but there are oh, multiple. Which one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that similar to the Mario Kart one, we can discuss all of them. Mm-hmm. On the panel, and then just choose. Well, this is giving it away, I'm sure. But then give uh, <laughs> choose one of them just to have at the yeah. booth, and uh, I'm fine with it being any of them. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah for, right, cool. In the interest of having more to talk about, let's not do the basic one. Let's do one of the later ones. Okay. Cool. So. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. So with that little bit of planning out of the way, I want to thank everybody who is uh, watching this and listening to it and uh, submitted questions. Uh, keep your eye out. Um, we're going to try and be uh, a little bit better about planning this next time. Uh, as much as you can plan around somebody having a kid. Uh. Yeah, yeah. But when we say we're going to be better at playing this, we really mean uh, Gen Furia. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, 
And if we're, if we're being really honest, if somebody dropped the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> She's such a delightful woman, but she she will end you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, my brother Chris wants to know if he comes on, will people ask questions about things other than video games? Yeah. He wants yeah. To a bunch of softball questions. Uh, so. Yeah. You mean about softball? <laughs> yeah. You know. Oh. Just... Yeah, because then I'll I'll check out, and you guys can just do it. I don't know anything about softball. Oh, oh. Overhand or underhand? Yeah, it, it feels like because of those damn Ross kids, like that would be a good episode to do, um, like more would you rather questions and more, like prompt question stuff. So that would be a good one to get people get way out in front of. Yeah, when you know he's gonna come on and yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and even if somebody does ask a video game question, it'll be because we'll answer and then Chris will just make fun of us. Yes, he will do that mercilessly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, let's make, let's make it so Gary can cool off his uh, his his entire self. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, thanks everybody. Yep, We're thanks everybody. Ah, so that was fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to support the show, you can go to uh, iTunes and leave us a rating or review. We still don't have enough to rank, uh, but you can fix that, especially if you like what we're doing. Um, to get in on the fun, again, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv back at the $5 or more level, and uh, you will see the event notifications when they go up. Thanks to everybody who submitted a question, and uh, we hope you enjoyed this. We will see you next month.